Welcome to Walkinverse. We're going to expose tyranny and share the truth. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome back. Today's April 25th, 2021. This is episode number 40. Adverse reactions and death tolls rise as experimental injections span the globe while governments protect Big Pharma from all liability. In this report, we'll peek into Johnson Johnson's background and their product track record. J&J declares people first, as their corporate creed guarantees the highest quality products to meet customer needs. Quote, we believe our first responsibility is to the parents, doctors, and nurses to mothers and fathers, and all others who use our products and services. In meeting their needs, everything we must do can be, must be of the highest quality. And quote, that's their corporate creed. But somewhere along the line, they lost their way. A once trusted household name, now inundated with lawsuits. They departed from their core beliefs and placed profits over people. Today, they face a potential liability of 15 plus billion in litigation. In 1971, a senior staff member raised a red flag about their talc-based baby powder product and warned how certain ingredients could cause cancer. Two years later, another bombshell from an executive leader. They could no longer consider their minds asbestos-free. Both members were ignored and business as usual until the fiasco heated. At this point, the FDA commissioned a well-respected chemist, Mr. Lewin, to decipher the disaster. His conclusion? More than half of their baby powder products contained the ingredient which did cause cancer. As more data became available, lawsuits skyrocketed. Did Johnson & Johnson travel the high road of morality? No, they did not. Instead, they demanded the government block any negative discoveries from the public. The FDA complied. A representative from the FDA issued a memo which guaranteed the public would not find out about Mr. Lewin's conclusion as they stated, quote, over my dead body, end quote. Next, a new level of corruption. They demanded, or should I say, they asked a judge to dismiss 14,000 cases related to a talc-based product, and because of their willful negligence, 22 women who became ill with ovarian cancer sued and won $4.7 billion. And in their corporate-based fashion, Johnson Johnson stands behind their baby powder product and maintains it does not cause cancer. Zarlatol, another product submerged in deception. They failed to warn consumers about the adverse reaction as it increased the risk of internal bleeding. In March of 2019, they denied admission of liability from the claim, yet they paid $775 million to settle an estimated 25,000 lawsuits, which again, they denied admission of guilt. In typical fashion, they lied about their disposable contact lenses, AccuView. They declared their consumers must throw away the lenses after one day of use. What they neglected to mention, they're identical to their regular AccuView lenses, which last up to two weeks. For the deception, it cost them $860 million in lawsuits. Quote, Johnson & Johnson has agreed to pay as much as $860 million to settle lawsuits accusing the company of misleading consumers into prematurely thrown away disposable AccuView contact lenses. 
The suit contends that the company drove up sales of its one-day AccuView lenses by advising customers to use them just once. Even though the product is identical to regular AccuView lenses, which may be worn as long as two weeks, end quote. In another lawsuit laced with deception, they marketed their pelvic mesh product to help women support prolapsed pelvic organs. Yet, the plaintiffs claim it caused bleeding, pain, and affection. J&J agreed to pay $117 million for what they deemed as allegations. The bottom line? They violated consumer protection laws and failed to disclose the risk associated with their device. With the schizophrenia drug, Respiradol, they pleaded guilty to the charges of misrepresentation. They positioned the drug to treat anxiety, agitation, depression, hostility, and confusion in elderly, children, and those with mental disabilities for increased revenue streams. To help generate profits, they 1. His safety and efficiency information about the drug. 2. Doctors received kickbacks for prescriptions. And 3. Sales reps collected incentives to promote both their FDA-approved and non-approved use. Quote, Johnson Johnson's promotion of Risperdal for unapproved uses threatened the most vulnerable populations of our society, children, the elderly, and those with development disabilities. This historic settlement sends a message that drug manufacturers who place profits over patients' care will face severe criminal and civil penalties, end quote. U.S. Attorney for Eastern District of Pennsylvania, Zane Meminger. Nevertheless, they carried on and lied as they claimed the medication decreased the risk of diabetes. They hid the fact it could stimulate breast growth and milk production in male children. Because of their nefarious activity, $8 billion in punitive damages were awarded to Nicholas Murray for irreversible injury. And as stated by his attorney, Kleinant Itkin, quote, Johnson Johnson was a corporation that valued profits over safety and profits over patients, end quote. In 2011, the SEC sued J&J for violation of Foreign Corrupt Practice Act, FCPA. They bribed doctors and paid kickbacks to secure business in foreign countries. The products pushed surgical implants. Because of illegal and unethical gains, they agreed to pay more than $48 million with an additional $21 plus million in fines for criminal charges brought on by the Department of Justice. Quote, The message in this and the SEC's other FCPA cases is plain. Any competitive advantage gained through corruption is a mirage. J&J chose profit margins over compliance with the law by acquiring a private company for the purpose of paying bribes and using sham constructs, offshore companies, and slush funds to cover his tracks, end quote. Robert Kuzaman, director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. The SEC continued, quote, Bribes to public doctors can have a detrimental effect on the public health care system that potentially pay more for products procured through greed and corruption, end quote. Cheryl Scoboro, chief of the SEC Enforcement Divisions of Foreign Corrupt Practices Act Unit. Furthermore, as we saw in the cases listed, they never learn. Fraud and unlawful activity replace their core set of values. In one of the largest healthcare cases in U.S. history, they paid out $2.2 billion to resolve civil and criminal liability. Quote, The conduct at issue in this case jeopardizes the health and safety of patients and damages the public's trust. The multi-billion dollar resolution demonstrates the Justice Department's firm commitment on preventing and combating all forms of healthcare fraud. 
and approves our determination to hold accountable any corporation that breaks the law and enriches its bottom line at the expense of the American people, end quote. Attorney General Eric Holder. Again, where is the outrage from the Department of Justice, the SEC, and others against the big pharma companies today using experimental vaccines on the human population without informed consent as they know adverse reactions will have detrimental effects down the road? With that being said, let's continue. How? They are rewarded for criminal activity. After all the fraud, the U.S. government rewards them with lucrative opportunities, experimental injections for the public's well-being. What do I mean? On February 27, 2021, the FDA issued Johnson Johnson free reign with their emergency youth authorization protocol. It allows them to experiment on individuals over the age of 18 with specific milestones in mind. One billion injections by 2021 with an unspecified amount thereafter. Their target markets? Black and Latin communities. Quote, the virus disproportionately affects Black and Latin communities. End quote. They claim the pathogen attacks colored groups at different rates. Therefore, they prime their target's immune system with a common cold type of strain, the adrenovirus. Throughout the process, the subjects don't understand the consequences of what happens once they encounter a wild variation of the virus. But with $1 billion in funds allocated for research, development, and clinical trials on human subjects, it doesn't matter, as a human becomes a new animal. And it doesn't stop there. Biden unleashed on inner-city communities as he deployed 1,100 National Guard troops to FEMA camps in Oakland and East LA. The reason? Mass vaccination. He used the Defense Production Act and the Korean War era law to move these troops into position. Under these two acts, most failed to understand his reach grows far. Full tyrannical power to control the distribution of products and force companies into regime compliance, for example, no vax, no job. What pushes this past criminal? In my opinion, the population doesn't need experimental vaccines, as HCQ works, but doesn't drive revenue streams. Therefore, the FDA and Big Pharma team together to shut it down. In a letter from the FDA, Denise Hinton requested the EUA use of HCQ be removed based on data from BARDA. They claimed HCQ may not be effective as a treatment against COVID. Therefore, its use does not outweigh the unknown risk or the known risk and potential risk. From the onset, they knew the combination of therapeutics and HCQ worked. And as Dr. Peter McCulloch states, quote, the chances that it doesn't work are calculated to be 1 in 17 billion, end quote. Other experts who hold true to the Hippocratic Oath claim the same on how ACQ's track record speaks for itself. But with pressure from the elites, our media, governors, mayors, health officials, and congressional officials withheld its use. Thousands died at their hands. They delayed treatment for potential and financial gain. It's murder in the first degree. Quote, Sadly in the United States, and I know in Australia, this happens all the time. Patients get no treatment whatsoever. They literally are told to stay home until they are sick enough to go to the hospital. I think that's honestly, it's atrocious, end quote. Yet our government allows the use of experimental mRNA and other COVID vaccines via the EUA when they do not know the associated risk. In another document from Denise, she uses ambiguous terms to cover her bases as she allows experiments on the ill-informed, quote, it is reasonable to conclude, based on the totality of the scientific evidence available, that the known 
and potential benefits of Janssen's COVID-19 vaccine outweigh its known and potential risk for prevention of COVID-19 in individuals 18 years and older, end quote. Reasonable and may do not facilitate concrete evidence of something which works. Denise's statements reiterate this fact. People believe the FDA approved these vaccines. They haven't. They're experimental genetic therapies labeled as vaccines. How can they know if these vaccines outweigh the risk? What evidence does she refer to as deaths in the VAERS database soar month after month from these injections? The letter continues, quote, Based on these data, in review of manufacturing information regarding product quality and consistency, it is reasonable to believe that Johnson's or Janssen's COVID-19 vaccine may be effective. End quote. Again, reasonable to believe means she's uncertain of the effects they have on the human subjects. Again, folks, these are experimental injections not approved and they have no clue of long-term adverse reactions as we're seeing across the world now, especially in women who are pregnant and their spouses who are in contact with them. We'll get into that later. And even though Johnson Johnson doesn't hold a license to distribute or market, they move ahead regardless and they target 20 million people for injection by the end of March with plans to deliver 100 million. Quote, the company has begun shipping its COVID-19 vaccines to the United States government and expects to deliver enough single-shot vaccines by the end of March to enable the full vaccination of more than 20 million people in the United States. The company plans to deliver 100 million single-shot vaccines to the U.S. during the first half of 2021. The U.S. government will manage allocation and distribution of the vaccine in the United States. This will be prioritized according to the populations identified by the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices and Guidelines. Remember again, like I said, Black and Latin communities. End quote. I should have said end quote before. Anyway, let's carry on. But to move their product across state lines, they must file for a biologic license application. This process occurs after a company completes its investigational trials, which Johnson Johnson has not. This alone proves trials are still in play with experimental use. Anyone who injects these vaccines becomes part of the trials required for completion with or without their consent. In another twist, once J&J received their EUA for those 18 and older, they shifted focus onto babies, young children, pregnant women, and those with immune disorders. Quote, a spokesperson for Janssen Biotech, a J&J subsidiary, confirmed the company plans to extend their clinical trials to children, first to children between the ages of 12 and 18, and immediately after to newborns and adolescents, then to pregnant women and immunocompromised individuals. And wouldn't you know it, their one-shot jab becomes a reoccurring booster for profit. Quote, we could be in a situation where you could either need a booster to maintain the durability of protection against the virus, or you might need to have a next derivative of the current vaccine to address these variants as they develop. End quote. Johnson & Johnson CEO Alec Gorsky. So please be informed. Remember this. A coronavirus mutates, which like the flu, affords big pharma financial gain as they know they can never have an effective vaccine. It's an impossibility. Hence, J&J's new position for a booster, each fill in the blank, right? And Pfizer and Moderna multi-jabs. Every injection equals increased revenue. That's the bottom line. So before you decide to inject an experiment, be aware of a few facts. One, the J&J vaccine efficiency rate 
sits at 66% for a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. Two, the trials needed individuals for their investigational vaccines. In other words, human subjects receive the experimental jab or placebo at no cost. J&J learns how it plays out over two years with constant checkups. If the participant received a placebo, then they're offered the experimental vaccine at no cost, even though they were not at risk for COVID in the first place. So why the push to test on human subjects with experimental therapies? Well, rather than wait 10 to 15 years to test a vaccine for safety, the EUA allows big pharma to shortcut as pandemic R&D reduces cost and moves around safety measures. They can inject as many experimental vaccines they need into the human to see what sticks without informed consent or liability from lawsuits. It's a win for them and a loss for humanity. The corruption runs deep, all the way to local state levels. For example, the mayor of Long Beach and the health officer, Dr. Anissa Davis, outright lied to the public. The mayor shares his enthusiasm as Davis deceives. She claims the vaccine, quote, is safe and highly effective, end quote. Quote, this vaccine is safe and highly effective. I encourage everyone to take this vaccine if offered. It's a quick one-dose option that will prevent severe illness and death. The best vaccination to take is the one you have access to, end quote. Long Beach City Health Officer, Dr. Anissa Davis. The best vaccine to take is the one you have access to, really? What she failed to mention, the FDA didn't approve any COVID vaccines for use other than investigational, as written in a memo by Denise Hilton. So in closing, this push by U.S. government and big pharma comes down to two things, increased revenue streams and control. Unless each one of us takes a stand against tyranny, our freedoms will never return. The rest of our days will lie in servitude as we allow evil to prevail. Quote, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is a good man do nothing. End quote. Edmund Burke. Remember, where there's no law, there's no wrong. And today, we live in a time of lawlessness. It's time to take a stand against this evil or end up in a body bag. There are more of us than them. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider a membership at $5 a month. You'll gain access to all past, present, and future e-reports and books, as well as member-only content. The link is in the description of the episode. If you have any questions or comments, please send me an email at walkinverse at protonmail.com. W-A-L-K-I-N-V-E-R-S-E at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. And until next time, keep the faith, stay safe, and peace.